Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim. And I'm Noel Cordo. We are the founders of Lumia. And we're super passionate about all things coaching, and we want to share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training thousands of life coaches. Let's dive into the science and magic of coaching. Hello, and welcome to Everything Life Coaching. Noelle here today, and I am with one of our coaches, Pam Kobarubias, and we're going to take a deep dive into the day in the life of a coach. Pam, how are you? I am well. I appreciate the effort for saying my name. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. I, I wish I could roll my R's. I will have to practice. <laughs> it's all good. It works. One day, one day. <laughs> so let us know. Tell us uh, a little bit about yourself, but really specifically your coaching business. Yeah. So I became the business coach my mom needed. I was born in the U.S. and I was raised in Mexico City. So this experience allowed me to know what it's like to straddle borders, bridge cultures, navigate identity in so many ways. And through my work, I help business owners, women, Latinas, remove the damages of what I call calladita culture. It's a principle that was that is instilled in first generation women and femmes in the U.S. and in Latin America a lot of times, telling them to be quiet and submissive and that they look prettier if they don't open their mouth. <laughs> mm -hmm. Amazing. Thank you for doing <laughs> this work. Um, and I'm I'm really excited to get into and unpack all of this. Can you share your story? I know there was a point at which you quit your job, you decided you wanted to work for yourself. How did you discover this particular niche area and what was it like to march towards it? It discovered me. So when I I was in corporate, I had been in corporate for like a decade and it was one of those moments when I had outgrown my position, the company, the people, all of the things. And my former boss traded me like a baseball card. He basically talked to one of our partners and said, take her. <laughs> She's yours. And so when I had a conversation, I was in a conference. I had a conversation with the other VP of sales. And he was like, have you thought about coming to us? And I'm like, no. What do you mean? You know, our companies work with each other. That, that There's no way I would like so much loyalty. And he said, no, no worries. We've already had the conversation. Discuss your numbers. Everything's good to go. You just need to say yes. And so that dropped my heart because I had had so much loyalty to this company. And he just was like, oh, you're just, you know, a baseball card. Let's just trade it. And at that moment, I decided that it was time to go. Put my two-week notice, no plan, no savings, literally said, I can't take this anymore, quit. And the last thing my former boss said to me was, if you do anything when you start making money is get a coach if you're, if you're going to work for yourself because it's really hard. And those who make it, like warriors. So I'll be surprised if you make it, P.S. <laughs> and so I was like, you great. <laughs> Let me show you. So then the next morning I woke up and I was at work. 
literally. I had to set up my desk at my house and I didn't know what I was going to do. So I asked myself, what is one skill that I don't have to pay for that I can immediately make money off? I'm a graphic designer by trade. So I started doing graphics. I already was doing a lot of freelance on the side when I was working. So I kind of like honed into my clients that I already had, was finishing projects, had a little bit of money coming in, but not enough to you know, replace a full executive salary. <laughs> and so I had to take the humble decision to get a job. And I asked myself, what kind of job do you need to take that you're gonna you're not going to take at home because I'm that person. Hmm. So I got a job at a coffee shop. Huh. And I called my friend who was managing a restaurant and I was like, hey, I need a job. What, what can you get me? And she said, can you, can you talk about beer? Because we're a, a brewery slash coffee shop. And I was like, ooh, I can drink the beer, but not necessarily talk about it. So she asked me all these questions. And finally, I didn't know how to do anything that she was asking me. She put me as a host. I was hosting with 16-year-old girls. And that was the most humbling four weeks of my life. Mm-hmm. Because I was literally sitting down, walking people to their table when I was the one having dinner with them and nothing wrong with being a host. And it was like very humbling for me. So what my friend told me was the moment you can, you learn how to pour a full coffee, like barista style, I'll put you behind the bar. So what I did after work four weekends, so Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, two weekends, four days, I would go behind the bar and ask the baristas to teach me how to do coffee. They would get so annoyed with me, but I was determined I don't want to be at the front anymore. I wanted to be behind the bar because that was my goal. So it took me four days to learn how to make coffee and pour a latte. And then that that was my job for a few months. And I made sure that I worked in the mornings. After work, I worked on my design business. And one day... My friend calls me crying and she's like, hey, don't come to work. I'll call you later. And so I was like, all right, fine. I have more time to work in my branding business. At that point, I had developed a small branding agency and I was making a little bit more. I got comfortable, though, because having cash on hand when you're a server, it's super fun because you always have cash on hand. And so later that night, she calls me and she's like, the restaurant is closed. This morning, the owners decided that the business was just not working. There's a lot of problems internally and we had to close at that moment when I called you. And so it was really hard for her because she had to literally release guests, let go of employees, really bad. And so that was my my first wake-up call in entrepreneurship when it was like, don't get comfortable. (laughs) So I really had to get focused and realized that it was it was all on me and I couldn't rely on my tips. So I got a coach after that and then I started doing better. I had my my branding agency. I was I specialized in rebrands and I realized that I wasn't one to be moving pixels because I'm ADHD and so it it's really hard for me to focus on like sitting down for hours and hours designing. I like it, but it's just not doing it all the time. It's hard. And so what I did is I hired, I ended up hiring designers and I grew a small team and I was the creative director. 
And after a while, my coach was like, I think you're coaching, Pam. You're not creative directing. And I'm like, listen, I live in San Diego. It's the land of the coaches. I'm not going to be one more. I'm creative director. (laughs) And she said, well, you can call yourself whatever you want, but you're coaching. The way that you're telling me that you're working with these people, they come to you, you give them this strategy, you walk them through a lot of stuff. They go to the design team. You don't touch that. They come back to you. You talk again. They have calls with you. You're coaching. And so, and I was like, oh, I don't want to be a coach. I resisted it so much, Noel, so much. And so finally, I started looking at coaching schools. I found Lumia and it took me two years to make a decision. And finally, I was like, okay, fine. I'm a coach. What do you think that resistance was about? I think, I mean, I, I already mentioned I live in San Diego, the land of the coaches. And every coach that I met didn't look like me. So I didn't have any models that was like, yeah, a coach could be like you. And so it was, I had met, I guess the majority of coaches that I had met, and I didn't put two and two together, like the business coaches that I had met, but, and they were all men, PS. So those didn't look like me either. But the ones that were women that I had met were all spiritual coaches and, you know, very like doing moon circles. And I love that, but that's not what I wanted to to do. I mean, my focus was branding, design, strategy, marketing, you know? And so I kind of like didn't see it. (laughs) Yeah. So once, once you kind of got in there with, um, moving coaching skills into your arsenal, how did you make the transition from rebranding creative director over to, coaching others on their businesses with a with a really specific niche lens well i did two for a year i did ah, both yeah ah. don't do that people it's don't really do exciting. that talk more about that <laughs> tell us what happened what give us the dirt <laughs> i burnt out so I, I was literally running two businesses now here's the caveat i had one that was functioning stable clients were coming in. I had a waiting list. It was great. It was working. And the other one, I was growing. And so in my case, I had to kind of like keep both running because I didn't have any other way of surviving. I didn't have savings or income or, you know, I'm underpaid, (laughs) undercapitalized. So I had to kind of keep both of them running. And then finally, I got super tired and realized that I didn't, I was really enjoying coaching. And so I kind of like shifted the focus on doing more coaching and taking less clients for branding. And so I took my last branding client. I had already closed the business. And then this woman came and she was like, I really want to work with you. She told me her project and I'm like, oh, I can't say no to this one, but you have to be the last one. And so I took my last branding client and then I focused fully in coaching. So how did I get into the niche that I'm in? So I didn't know I wanted to do business coaching, but I grew up with a, with in a single parent income and my mom was an entrepreneur. And so one of my friends who had given me work for design for her clients, she was coaching and she had an opportunity to move on to something else. And she was like, Hey, do you want my book of, of clients? They're all business coaching. Do you want to take them? And I'm like, 
I'm not going to design for them. So she gave me a couple of people that she was working with Mm. on business. And I was like, oh my gosh, I totally saw my mom there. The people that I started working with were Spanish speakers. They were Latinas. And so that's when I realized my passion was in helping women-owned businesses grow because I wish my mom had had a coach. If she did, her business would have fully thrived and it would still be in existence. And so that's when I uncovered that spark. So at this point, who specifically is your ideal client? At this point, anyone with a business in a heartbeat. (laughs) Hey, all right, cool. Awesome. 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 So, you know, kind of like keeping that in mind, what are the outcomes that you see for your clients when they come into the space of coaching? Where are they when they come in? And then where, what is the arc typically qualitatively? They don't know what to do next. They have an idea. They either have started a business potentially as a hobby or an idea. And because I have my lived experience as a brand strategist, I help them solidify their brand, explore their story with coaching, and then help them really position themselves in a place that's in, in that's unique, special, and profitable mm. so they can make money. Yeah, that last part is really important. So important. So important. So I think this is a really um, kind of important point to explore is because you really beautifully explained how your process within coaching is a combination of your background in brand strategy, as well as overlaying core coaching skills from a storytelling perspective. And I think a lot of times when folks come into the space of coaching, it can feel really confusing because the message is, you know, your story is your gold, but don't give advice. You have special Mm -hmm. skills, but you're leading the client. Um, So how do you, how did you, how do you, how do you marry all of that? How do you know when to use core coaching skills to move someone towards discovery? How do you know when to um, present knowledge for consideration? What is it like in real life? Uh, I have a, a roadmap of to create a business that I walk people through. And so if we're focusing on building the brand, I give my knowledge, my lived experience. And, and I tell I announce it. I'm putting my coaching hat on. So here's the question. <laughs> and I'll be honest, like people sometimes if clients listen to me, they're going to be like, yeah, she's right. They get mad at me when I ask them coaching questions because Many times people were like, people tell me, just tell me the answer. And I'm like, listen, the answer is inside you. So <laughs> let's keep exploring. So they get mad at me and I tell them, I'm okay with you getting mad at me because what I think it's not important. We're exploring whatever it is, the decision that's better for you. That's the best for you. And so yeah. it's just kind of like play. And I put my coach hat on and off and they know when it's on. <laughs> They know when it's on and they know when it's off. And, you know, yeah. that's, I think the juxtaposition of coaching and entrepreneurship is, is so fascinating. Um, it's, it's a path that I have walked myself. And like when I started out, I thought I was going to have um, just a solo coaching practice 
focusing on women um, and body image and ended up building a corporation. And now looking at all of the coaches that, that come through our organization, it's really important that folks understand that, that whether you're a coach or a CEO, when you're running your own business, you are creating something that doesn't exist that has never existed previously and you are birthing it into this world and the uniqueness of what you have to offer is imperative for the march of culture of our civilization of society so if you're just looking for somebody else to give you the answers you're doing yourself and everybody else a disservice because we need new innovative thought in the world um yeah how is it, um, you know, that you draw that out of people, like when they're stuck? Um, I pull from my curiosity. I mm. keep asking questions and I also bring my tool of choice, which is EFT, so tapping. And so to your point, I use all of the things that I have learned in my, in my short life. And I bring them in when necessary. So it's almost like a magician in a hat. It's like, all right, let's pick the tool that we need in this case. Sometimes it's only coaching and we only ask questions. Sometimes we need to go a little bit deeper and more somatic. And so we tap a little bit. And other times I just like have conversations. Can you explain how um, the somatic application of tapping draws out inner wisdom? Yeah, well, tapping actually, when I with my tapping program, it they it's very coaching driven. So it's all about client driven. The client comes up with the answers, and so how it works and why I love tapping is because it gets you out of your head and into the body, and so. Many times when we feel stuck, I have noticed it's because we're overthinking and we exist. You can't see my hands, but we exist up in the head. And so with the using the tool of tapping and really honing into the nervous system and connecting with the body, it allows us to sink into a regulated place so that we can make decisions from a grounded space, not from the overthinking. Awesome. So it helps ground and center. I love that. I love that. And it's a modality that that I'm so curious about. And I think it's such a wonderful example of you, how how, as a coach, you can marry so many different um, tools to create a really unique practice that serves you, serves your clients um, and, and, and brings new thought into the world. Um, all right. So your business rocks. I, I love that this is what you're, you're doing um, with your brilliant mind and your precious time. What does a typical day look like for you? Every day looks different for me because I need to have like fun. However, I do create buckets. So I have I'm ADHD, so I have to create buckets of activity. And some people talk about batch, like batching work. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in batching work so much because it's very 
like restrictive to time slots. Instead, I open up the days. So what it's always common is the is my morning routine and my evening routine. That that stays. What's in between, it's what's fun. So morning, I meditate, exercise. I have to exercise in the morning and I have to eat breakfast. I've realized that if I don't, then my brain just doesn't work. And so after that, then Mondays are typically start a little bit slower. I plan my week. I approve any social media that I need to post for the week, plan it out. And then I have a couple of calls in the evening, in the afternoon on Mondays. Tuesdays, I have busy client calls. Wednesdays, slower type of morning for busy work or like deep work, deep work, and calls in the evening. Thursdays is similar to, no, actually, Thursdays is podcast day. So it's when I have conversations, I talk, it's very relational, Thursdays are. And Fridays is Founder Fridays. So that's when I have calls with whoever I need to have, not necessarily clients. Fridays are not open for clients or for planning, accountability buddies. I have a call every Friday with my with my client, one call that's called Cafecito. So we have coffee in the mornings, but we literally just chit chat. It's like, show up, coffee time. What do you want to talk about? So awesome. it's very like simple. So I bucket my days. I want to hear about the fun because I think <laughs> that that's a topic we don't talk about enough. So it sounds like fun is um, a non-negotiable for you. Yeah. How do you build your fun in and and what does that look like for you? Because it's just as important as everything else. I measure it with my energy. So if I'm feeling tired, then I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of naps. So maybe we need <laughs> to take a nap or go outside and do something that clears my head. I I think creativity is so important. And when I'm not in a creative space, then I just get tired, cranky. It it doesn't work. So I ask myself, what's your energy level today in this moment? And if it's obviously not, I'm not going to do that with clients, you know, (laughs) but if I'm in in a time where I'm doing deep work, then if I'm not having fun, then how can I schedule it? Because my brain follows dopamine, then I reward myself with fun. So I either go outside and get a, a coffee from my favorite coffee shop or do something that feels rewarding. That's how I insert fun, like rewards. Awesome. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. So I know that um, folks are listening. They're They're curious about your work. Can you tell us what are three things that you think pretty much everyone could benefit from as a result of working with you? Yeah. So first, own your story. So important to really understand the uniqueness of all of the intricacies and makeup that make you own your story. Lift your brand. I cannot (laughs) step away from my branding background. And so that's another thing that we'll definitely touch on when working together and stepping in your power because we all have it. It's really kind of like stepping on it and owning it. Yeah. 
Awesome. I just exhaled so deeply there because I was like a yes. Thank you for doing this work. (laughs) Awesome. Pam, it was so lovely to have you on today. Um, Where can we send folks to find you? Thank you. Banco Arrubias is the other place where you can find me or easier to spell. I don't know why I picked long websites. (laughs) Spreadideasmovepeople.com. They both take you to the same place. And on social media, at Cobiux, C-O-B-I-U-X, you can search for Banco Arrubias and I'll show up. And those are my mediums. Wonderful. And if you're wondering how to find these things, we're also going to post them in the show notes. So click away. Glorious. I have had so much fun today hanging with you and um, I'm just grateful for your voice and contributions and we will do this again soon. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to lumiacoaching.com slash everything. Explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose, and a bold community to do it with. Lumia is ready to equip you with the tools, training, and community you will need to reach your goals. If you're ready to build a unique coaching business on your own terms while making an impact on the world at large, Lumia is the next bold step in your coaching journey. That's lumiacoaching.com slash everything. And hey, if you're waiting for a sign, this is it.